Have you ever noticed how things cost There's some real girls in this room, but we got some dead wood sitting at the table with us tonight. Ow! Honey, it was a joke. And we are reviewing The Dateless Amigo, and I am joined by the guy who has caviar taste but a pizza face, and he's still throwing rocks at girls, uh, Jerry. What's up, Jerry? Well, you know, when someone screams rock war, you go to town. And we're also joined by the guy who could turn Kelly on without candy and five dollars. Justin, what's up, man? I feel like I just got robbed, man. You got you got turn Kelly on <laughs> with no like ability at all, and I got throw rocks at women. Listen, I kind of flubbed the last two shows of intros with that kind of thing. I didn't like my picks, and one of them was because I forgot what I uh, did and I didn't like market so i'm trying to pick it back up here and you're just knocking me down man i'm not knocking you down i'm not i'm saying that i just got robbed well that's true well, that's why it worked uh, yeah that's true. <laughs> just kidding now we're talking about the dateless amigo guys this is season three episode 19 when bud finds it difficult to line up a date he resorts to the next best thing a mannequin Directed by Jerry Cohen, writers Sarah Finney Johnson, Vita Spears. Yeah, this episode, I, I'm dying to hear what you guys think because, uh, you know, we've had some issues where when they go into absurd storylines, you guys don't, you know, you find it a little hard to swallow. But I think sometimes it can work. Wait, you think this was an absurd storyline? Yeah, I was I was instantly kind of thinking yeah, that I too. Like, I don't think it's overly absurd. At all. Not- You're both joking, right? No, no this is no, not like, absurd. I was wondering where he was going with that. I was like, did I, mi- did I miss like a secondary plot point? <laughs> that, that- okay, you guys think that it's per- everything will go perfectly normal if you have a triple date and your girlfriend's a mannequin. You think that this could possibly never go wrong. It it, it shouldn't have worked. Like, I agree that whole thing shouldn't have worked, and I did not expect it to work at all, but I think it's because I so was expecting it not to work that the fact that it didn't actually, that the fact that it did actually surprised me. And uh, I think it's because I, I think Bud is smart enough 
to pull something like this off. So what what are some other examples, you know, just thinking back of things that we had issues with? Well, just recently the house peg lost. The ha- oh, and most famously the the shoe at the end of the the restaurant right. one. Then, yeah. Like but the so, I, like so this one to me it's like is it in the realm of reality, right? Like it, it's like you technically can dress a mannequin up to look like a person and fool another person is it plausible no not at all but is it in reality is it set is it grounded in something that could actually take place in in the physical world yeah you know i i don't think you can move an entire house and okay i see what you, a, i see what you're saying <laughs> but i think the way it's easier to digest is because you skip the whole intros here i mean don't you think the girls would walk up to monique and say Hi, I'm, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say no, because if you remember back when you were a teenage girl, shit's so awkward, man. It's hard to say like, like you're, you're, you're you at a teenage a, girl. Yeah. Back when you were a teenage girl <laughs> at makeout parties, like, like that's pretty awkward. You can tell the girls are awkward the entire, Dude, there's only three of them. They're so right now. There, there have been so many parties like on us like at that age that i went to that literally like you could spend the whole night with never even talking or being introduced no you could not not when there's three people there dude uh you could have you ever listened to the 22 shots podcast it is 100 percent possible (laughs) (laughs) no look look, there's three people there not not with three you're you're probably right on that but i was thinking more a little bit bigger scale i believe that and even then i don't think it'll i think everybody will talk about the guy and everybody, like, do you see this guy? Do guy, dude, t- turn around. Look at this. Get your phone out. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's uh, to me. I don't have that hard of a time accepting that. I don't think this is as crazy. I think it's because the the thing is, what I guess what my big thing is when it comes to stuff like this, like, is it actually possible in the hundreds of thousands of parties that have existed? Is it possible that somebody could not introduce them to another person? Yes. Is it unlikely? Of course. But it's still possible. You know what I mean? It's not outside the world of possibility. Well, hey, I'm glad you like it. I have no problem with that. So <laughs> let's get into it then. So Al is going to a shoe convention. Um, is that a th- <laughs> Just say, say that out loud, man. <laughs> like, honey, I'm going to a shoe convention. Uh... Also, I want to point out that this uh, episode starts off with Peggy abusing her husband. Physical abuse. <laughs> or pulled his ear or something like that. She physically harmed him uh, to make sure he was alive. And he was like, dead men don't wake up yelling no. I have a situation kind of like that where it was reversed where somebody didn't notice that I was there. And it just happened like two nights ago when I went into work. So I, I come into work a little early because I just have always been like that. So I'll show up like 15, 20 minutes early. Um, then I'm scheduled and I was going in for the, the midnight shift and I come in and I go to the back office and the person who's supposed to be there isn't there. So I assume they're in the bathroom. So I just stand around and then he comes back in the door. He doesn't, like, go into the office. He just goes straight to the front uh, of the desk. And I'm, j- I'm, like, just on my phone for a second. And then I walk up next. I walk out there. And he's down on the ground behind the desk doing push-ups. 
and I'm just standing <laughs> next to him, and I'm like, this is like so awkward. Wow. And like I was like, hey, what's up? And he he like freaked and like j- like jumped, and he was like, he's like, holy crap, you scared me. And I was I was like standing next to him for like literally probably like you know twenty seconds. I heard I heard a parking <laughs> lot pushups, but not but not by- like he's doing pushups <laughs> like behind the front desk of a hotel. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> like what? Like he's such a weird dude. Like he's just a bizarre ass dude. He's from Kentucky. Oh, well that we don't have to take it any further. <laughs> just kidding all of our Kentucky listeners. You know, it would be just like you to drop dead in front of this TV the day before my big night out. <laughs> God. What a lump of sour milk my life is that I'm actually looking forward to a shoe convention. Well, I'm not. <laughs> just another place to remind me of my failures, you know. Work, home. The bedroom. You're always there for me when I'm down, aren't you, babe? Oh, I'm nothing special. Just a wife. Mm, You claim. But, honey, I don't want you to ruin this convention for me. It's my big night out. I mean, you have the glamour and excitement of of the shoe store every single day. But I am stuck here in this house, eating bonbons, watching that TV all day long. You owe me. This is sort of where they start making it like a real character trait. You know, they're going to mention it a few times and we're going to see it. But, like, that's going to be, like, sort of her uh, thing, you know. Like, everybody's going to have a thing eventually on this show and it all sort of starts happening slowly so that's cool like when i say that what i mean is you know we're gonna get to al's touchdowns we're gonna get to al's car the dodge he mentioned the dodge but it's not a thing really yet so that that's what i'm saying with the bonbons that's kind of like just brewing right now take out the garbage (laughs) you know peg you could just put a straw in my ear, and that way you could just suck the life directly from me. Yeah, I would, but there's just not enough room in there for a straw and your finger. <laughs> oh, I love you too, my little ice pick in the eye. That reminds me, Al said I love you in this episode. Oh, no. Oh, I love you too, my little ice pick in the eye. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. Also, wait, did we all vote on this? What do you mean? Did we call in? Don't you have to vote for him to say I love you? I guess, <laughs> I guess they delayed it a few seasons. You know, they didn't want someone to protest. Ah, yeah. You know, Peg kept calling this her big night, and I was actually about to ask y'all why she kept saying that, and then it, it dawned on me it's her big night because Al gets him gets to be publicly shamed. And she enjoys that. She's sadistic. I mean, yeah, I don't. <laughs> it's like I think it's just Im- her implying that Al is going to be embarrassed, and that's her hype. That's like and her that's... gold watch. Is Al shame? Yes, exactly. Much like Mister Grew. Yep. <laughs> Guys, step back and take a good look at your future. <laughs> Boy, when I get married, my wife's gonna take the garbage out. And you'll get to keep everything you earn, too. (laughs) So Bud has his friends over, and... Okay, so they have this whole thing where they call... uh, Obviously, the episode I already mentioned is called Dateless Amigo. Did you guys ever have names for your friends? Like, hey, we're... 
were the you know com- compadres <clears throat> or amigos or buds or whatever. Did you ever get that close to your friends where you had stuff like this? Kind of like, but not in that way. Like when when we were younger, like I'd probably say like fourteen, fifteen. Like we had a skate team and we had a name for it. It was uh, Misery, which is. Like, have you ever seen Detroit Rock City? Yep. Okay, their band's name is Mystery, but there was already, like, a Mystery uh, skateboard that came out, uh, which actually I'm almost certain has to be based on, like, that logo because they had, like, similar font. But um, so we kind of was, like, kind of going for that a little bit because we like Detroit Rock City. But, like, and uh, it was funny because, like, each letter – of the you know word uh misery with a z by the way because it got to be with a z (laughs) but uh that like we each took like an alias from the letter like so like m would be like mahalik which is like my friend martin's last name so he stood for the m blah blah i don't remember what all of them were but you know i mean so like kind of most importantly what were you uh i think i was the e molly oh e what was that mean? Enchilada? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it was like like uh like edge or something. Edge. Because like I always I always was like the best at, at skating and I would always like try the hardest things and you know push myself to the edge. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just like the U two guy. I don't know who that is. <laughs> um I uh surprisingly, as much of like most of my friends are nerdy dudes. Never once did we ever like make a group name for ourselves or anything. Well, now now you're in no ma'am, Jerry. So you have a home. How about no thanks? Until season five. <laughs> Until season five, and then and then I'm gonna get replaced by someone else. Hey, how amigos? My parents are going out tomorrow. So what's the plan for Saturday? Amigo poker night, amigo blackjack, or amigo egg the old people night? Uh, look, bud, we've been trying to figure out a way to tell you this, but uh, we can't hang out with you tomorrow night. We got dates. Dates? How'd you guys get dates? Well, see, bud, you weren't there one day, so instead of throwing rocks at girls, we talked to them. Bud, it, it was amazing. They didn't run away or anything. Yeah, so I guess we'll see you around school or something. Come on, we'll still be amigos and all. You'll just be the dateless amigo. (laughs) Ah! What was that? I don't know, I guess my dad fell and hurt himself. Listen. (laughs) Now, if you guys can get dates, I can get a date. No problem. And it's funny because the way these guys present things to Bud... It's like, well, we have to tell you something, bud. Like, we have dates and stuff. And, yeah, I mean, you you weren't around. So instead of throwing rocks at girls, we talked to them. It's almost like Bud's behind on this whole thing. You know, like, they they try they, – they sort of talk to him like he's the, he's the one lagging behind here. And we've all moved on to hooking up with chicks and you're still – you know, playing the video games and listening to your parents' vinyls and throwing rocks at girls and egging old people. That's kind of weird because 
both of you guys got the impression that Bud is pretty into hooking up with chicks. I mean, wasn't there a whole thing about a Valentine's card and everything? Yeah, you're right. I think this was more along the lines of um, the other guys were ready for, like, the group to move beyond, like, this is dude. Like, because there's that time where it's all about hanging with the dudes, and then it stops because you want to, like, start hanging out with, like, women, and you lose that, like, like that dude time. And I think that's where it's going. Bud was still okay with having dude time. Because every time he's hooked up with, like, a chick or done anything with chick, it's always been by himself, not with his dude time. But now the other guys have found that working together, they were able to lasso two chicks in, so they're done with dude time. And they maybe feel like Bud's going to hold them back because Bud's not very popular. And they're ditching Bud in the nicest ways. Because they even talk about how, like, uh, you know, we'll still say hi to you at school. Right, and they they implied Bud held them back overall because because he wasn't around is the only reason they even did this. Yeah, exactly. So now that you guys are finally ready, Studley Bundy can put out the word. <laughs> Club Bud is now open for business. <laughs> no ID required. <laughs> Hey, yeah, your folks are going to be gone. We can have a really cool makeup party. All right. Amigo, salute. It's weird. Didn't we just have a club, bud? Yeah, we, we did. And, and I wish he would quit. I wish this is why he can't get a chick because he says club bud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what kind of girl hears that? And she's like, oh, boy, I better run over, hook up with this guy. Yeah, that's that's not a good one. Um, Even the him thinking walking down the stairs like Hugh Hefner in the last or two shows ago. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know what his interpretation of the world is, but it's not very realistic. Family, I just fell in the garbage and had a great idea. <laughs> oh, Al, you're going to study really hard and take the test for garbage, man. Way to go, Dad. You'll pass this time. Oh, we're going to be rich. We're going to be yeah. rich. Shut up. Shut up. I'm not going to be a garbage man. And, to, and it's funny. We're talking about like a, a callback, like an instant callback to something we just did with Club Bud because we have to do a callback right away. Peg's hopes of Al being a garbage man. Yeah, which I can't say anything. I have a buddy who used to be a garbage man in uh, actually in New Jersey and uh he made bank in New Jersey. I'm sure he worked a lot of overtime. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, it's pretty much known for trash. That's why I'm here, folks. Exactly. But like, he made <laughs> tons of money, and he also found like just some of the craziest stuff he would find that people had thrown out that he could take, turn around, and sell. Like, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's just it's just so weird because you know I never watched this show like that like this you know normally I would watch this and I just pick out a few episodes from the DVD and then whatever aired on TV whatever I caught it's whatever but now that we're like watching this in sequence it's kind of weird to see the things that are like instantly reused or recycled or things missing like. Peg just won a car, but her car's in the shop the next week. You know, like weird things like that. It's strange that these uh, little things uh, pop up, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, you also have to kind of look at, like, at the time 
when these shows were made, there was not like a home video market in terms of like putting a whole season out. There was no way to really consume it over and over again and notice. Like they, I assume they just figure like people would forget or, or not notice, which you just admitted to that, you know, in the early days, like you. Well, I, t- I taped it, but I didn't tape them all in like, like I, I didn't sit there every Sunday or whatever and tape them, but I taped them. You remember taping things like taping things was a huge oh, deal. Yeah, that was the biggest <laughs> part of my life. <laughs> <laughs> what a, the point of the whole garbage and Al thing is that so Al goes to take the garbage out like earlier in the episode and I guess he tripped and fell because it was too dark. An epiphany came to him. And it was, how can I take out the garbage in the dark? <laughs> but I did have a great idea for an invention. And it's going to make us so much money that people are going to have to like us. <laughs> now, I'm not going to tell you about it right now. But I'm going to go down to the basement and I'm going to work on my invention. And Stephen Marcy come over. And they come over the house with a $70 bottle of champagne and a $10 bottle of wine. So I like how they like hold the drinks up. (laughs) And as the expectations get lower, they (laughs) back the drink down and put the other drink up. Maybe we'll drink this one like how insulting is that? Like, and even Marcy points this out by saying they're going to think we don't like them. Like, how could you do that to <laughs> in front of people and think they won't think that? I, I, I find it funny when the the roads put their better than you into the face of the Bundys because whenever that comes back to bite them in the ass, it is fantastic. Yeah. And though it didn't happen in this episode. It's still a nice reminder that it always reminds me of another time where it got blown up in their face, like when they tried to babysit the kids. Right. Yeah. You know, because they thought they were so much better. And this is another example where I'm just like, hilarious. And they try to run away and Peggy won't let them. It's it's super good. So, Al, it's time to unveil his great invention. Let me take you back to yesterday. There I was taking out the garbage as usual. When I tripped, fell, and my head landed in the trash. (laughs) Normally, I just hang out there with my hopes and dreams for a while. (laughs) But not this time. This time, a thought hit me. How can we as a people avoid this? Put a light bulb outside. (laughs) Well, I suppose that would work too. What happens if we don't have no light bulbs? Get a flashlight? (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's obvious that you're not going to guess, so I have to show you. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to the wave of the future, the Bundy Shoe Lights. Help me. Kelly is unveiled and she has a backpack like the Ghostbusters and those car jumper cables that run down to her feet, which have gigantic. Almost like damn floodlights. Yeah, floodlights. I mean, I expected him to do something stupid. 
So I, I just didn't know what to expect. I, I didn't even think it was going to involve shoes. And I think that like, that's so obvious and I'm so, and, but I, I did not even think it was going to involve shoes. So I think they did a really good job with that. Right. Well, folks, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hold the applause till the end. Now, I'll just turn Kelly on. And won't you be needing some candy in five dollars? No, bud, we won't. Now, tell tell me, when Al said that, were the both of you not, like, doing that eye thing? We're like, okay. I thought it was hilarious because of Kelly's face. What did she do after he said that? Well, well, like you sigh and you look like your eyes kind of roll up. You're like, oh my god! Oh, like again? Like you're just uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. like, oh my god! Yeah. Like, just did you really just say that? <laughs> yeah, Bud's joke is uh, amazing. Uh, you, can't, most people do that with candy and five dollars. <laughs> now, Kelly, walk. <laughs> Stupid shoes. I think it was our lamp, Al. Who cares? It's working. It's working. She's walking in the dark. It worked. It worked. I'm going to be somebody after all. Thanks, Mom. Was there no one else you could marry? Yeah. Like I could have really seen this coming. <laughs> Shut up, Peg. <laughs> well, what do you think of my little invention? Oh, God. This is really it. This is all he's going to be. This is all he's going to have. And I'm going to have it with him. Son? It's Bud to you, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, they don't even do a good job of lighting up the floor. Like, right, it's just like <laughs> right in front of the feet, which is useless. Yeah, that, the whole thing's not that great. But it reminds me of like something that like data from the Goonies would come up with or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, bully blinders. <laughs> yeah, 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 bully blinders. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, Kelly's I, bully I, blinders. I could sneak in a Goonies reference like every day of my life. Yeah. Well, the best was, it's my time. It's my time down here. <laughs> yeah. Steve, Jerry's good old boy, um, doesn't really ridicule Al all that much because Steve. Because he's a supportive friend. Yeah. Really? Well, I think it's just because Steve is as crazy as Al in some respects. We alluded to this. I mentioned this on the Nightmare on Al Street episode because he was at the... Oh, he was trying to get rid of pennies. Oh, okay. Right. So that's great that they stay in line with Steve's, you know, history. (laughs) Is it Bud to you too, Steve? No, Al. I believe you got to have faith in your vision. I had a dream of my own once. An idea whose time had truly come. Oh, God, Steve, don't tell everyone about your insane quest to create a 99-cent coin. Al? 
invented the 99-cent coin. <laughs> Have you ever noticed how things cost $7.99, well, my coin would eliminate the messy change that only catches the attention of those obnoxious beggars who hassle you on your way to your Mercedes. Think of it, Al. Anything you want. He just plunked down old number 99. It's a plant without flaws. What about tax? <laughs> sound just like those fools in the Treasury Department. You see, Steve is not worried about tax because in the future that Steve sees, he thinks taxation is theft and there won't be taxation. So that's why his 99 cent coin will work. But most of it is wasted. So you could Shut consider- up, man. I'm trying to argue this as best as I can. And it's really hard. I agree with you. Most of tax money is wasted. It absolutely is. Yep. They let's just say they charge us like twenty six percent. I don't really know what it is, but I think it's like roughly there. They could easily charge us eleven percent tax on stuff uh, out of our pay. I mean, and they could get the same things done. Well, it's also not. Do you realize how many different ways you're taxed? Like you're you're taxed on your income. You're taxed when you buy stuff, and then the company that sold it to you, they're then taxed. Which they then, you know, like that comes back to, you know, whatever company you work for is getting taxed. So that reflects on how much you're getting paid. Right. You're, you're taxed when you have a house. You pay property tax. Like you, if you knew how much tax you actually pay. I'm waiting for them to start taxing our tax. <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest uh, examples of how messed up taxes are is the Beatles song, The Tax Man. Like, listen to that song. Listen to the lyrics of that song. Or read The Fair Tax by Neil Bort, I believe. If you want to hear, like, that's, like, that, like, he, like, the fair tax system would work better. Because I'm not against tax. I'm not. No, you have to contribute. Yeah, you have to have I just, it. I just need, we just need to make some adjustments to make it make sense. Well, dear, maybe if you didn't insist on putting your picture on the coin. <laughs> Oh, who should it have been? Yours? Uh, I'm sorry, but if my partner does not want to support me by having my face on a coin, I don't think they should be my partner. I'm just saying, Alex, if you were creating a coin and you wanted to put your face on it and your wife was like, no one wants to see that, wouldn't that make you kind of question why you're with her? It's funny you say that. My wife would actually say... Well, you're inventing it. Why wouldn't you be on it? Of course. See? Yeah. Because she's a good wife. But but miss, I don't know the difference between the treasury and the IRS is is just a negative Nancy. Yeah, well, hey, that comes to fruition. You got to see your dreams through, buddy. All they can do is laugh at and you. And audit you for five straight years. <laughs> now, come on, honey. Let's go home. Yeah, like, they've been auditing uh, you for the five years. The Treasury Department doesn't have the ability to audit you. That is a completely different legislation. <laughs> like, that is a, has nothing to do with the IRS. Wonder if we'll get rid of the penny, like Canada. They got rid of the penny in Canada? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, they got rid of most American money, but yeah. So what do they stop? Everything in fives? Yeah, or zeros. Well, I'd be down. Round up or round down. Well, the thing is, the rounding thing, 
that was interesting because in Superman three, Richard Pryor, you know, he works in that thing, and and then he collected all of the. He said something about the the pennies are half cents and quarter cents, and they all go into this one account or something, and then that's how he stole it or whatever. Yeah, that's how they did it in Office Space, also. Yeah, so that does add up. So I wonder if Canada's kind of getting screwed. I'm sure they just round down, but somebody's still getting screwed when you do something like that. Hey, JP, do you have any of that warm cocoa that lets you sleep for three days? Because if he's going to talk about Superman, I'm going to need. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy will make you some of that nice cocoa that makes you all warm and sleepy for two or three days. <laughs> yes, I believe I'd like some nice cocoa with the little marshmallows. I'm just very cultured, like your buddy Steve. That is true. Steve is very cultured. Yeah, see? But I love how you praise him and you want to go to sleep when I do it. Remember that time you tried to talk about Star Trek? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, I'll have you know that William Miller loved it when I talked about Star Trek, so you guys are just left behind. And you wonder why I seek the arms of a stranger. Oh, wait a second. It's dark out. Kelly, show them the way. (laughs) Kelly, I heard a noise. Go see if it's a burglar. Kelly, I don't know if this green meat is any good. Taste it. (laughs) Kelly, I need someone to look like a moron and wear shoe lights. (laughs) No wonder I seek the shelter of a stranger's arms. Kelly saying that was not was that not the deepest moment of marriage children in the three seasons that was a deep moment so Kelly basically credits Al as to why she has so many notches in her bedpost she has to sell low numbers and why she has to wear a sign saying soup girl how do you guys feel about that? Did you feel, did you just want to pause this and say, wow, I, I feel sorry for Kelly in a strange way. But can I get number two at least? Yeah, for real. Uh, I was just like, wow, I can't believe they just, they wrote that in there. Like, Yeah, right? It's weird. I'm not going to carry it over to the future or anything. But like for that one moment, I was like, huh. But again, like later on in the episode when um, Bud calls her a bleach blonde bimbo, she goes, well, I'm a bimbo, but at least they call me. Yeah, I know. (laughs) She referred to guys in her again. And that's funny because that bleached blonde bimbo, that comes back in that beach episode. They say beach blanket bingo. So that's weird. So I guess we won't get into Kelly's psyche anymore. It's a dangerous alley. Of the dolls. Wow, look at you, man. You're like an expert now. So, Al talks about Burger King and Whoppers in this episode. And Are you sure that we weren't damn sponsored by Burger King? (laughs) I feel like McDonald's was one of the sponsors that stopped sponsoring the show after the Terry Ricola fiasco. So, I wonder if they just are deliberately mentioning Burger King as a F.U. to you know, McDonald's for pulling out. It's funny because I just had a Whopper today for lunch for the first time in probably years. Yeah, how was it? Uh, It was good because I put cheese and bacon on it. Okay, so if there was a Bundy cheer, you would have woed. Sure. Okay. I'll always woe for the Bundys. 
Well, Bud won't. Kel, I've got a problem. I need a date for tonight, bad. So how about setting me up with some of your friends? You know, the tramp squad? <laughs> Bud, look at yourself. Face the ugly truth. They don't have woods deep enough to grow the kind of girls who'd be willing to date you. I mean, maybe you're aiming too high. You know, a live girl. See, your problem is you've got caviar taste and a pizza face. Aim a little lower. Hey, logs can't run away. Well, then there's the dead. I mean, one who's been dead long enough might even think that you're a good catch. Hey, I know. How about a nice department store mannequin? I mean, they're used to being undressed by sexless boys. Thanks for the help, bleached blanket bimbo. They may call me bimbo, but at least they call me. This is very reminiscent of the great Bill Paxton's lines in Weird Science. You two donkey dicks couldn't get laid in a morgue. <laughs> no? I mean, God, Weird Science is not a part of your science. whole life? No, I don't, I don't oh. care for it. I do love Bill Paxton, though, pretty much Jesus. To be fair, I don't like most of those... Um, 80 teen rom-com Dude, movies. this was the most anti John Hughes movie ever created from John Hughes. I don't like John Hughes. I like John so. Hughes movies. Well, no, no, people... How? How? I, I don't. I don't like Breakfast Club. I don't like Pretty in Pink. I don't like Sixteen Candles. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? I like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, but that's not one of his rom-coms. John Hughes fan? I'm not a fake... I'm not a fan of John Hughes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, there's a lot of like big movies. Like I just got into an argument with a coworker because he admitted he didn't like Star Trek. I mean, he didn't like Star Wars. <laughs> he didn't like Star Wars, and he's convinced that people only like Star Wars because everyone likes Star Wars. And I was like, it's okay, man. I don't like Back to the Future. And the f- turns out, Back to the Future is his like favorite movie. Yeah, it's so in my top five. We we then had a battle over what was better. Star Wars or Back to the Future, in which I annihilated oh, hands him down because Back to the what Back to the Future three literally is the the man who made the rules in the first movie breaking every single rule that he said. Yeah, but you know, like why, but it makes sense why he breaks and, the rules. Uh, dude, he would have changed history. I mean, he says, "Don't even interact with your older self," and then all of a sudden he has kids. Yeah, then he goes and has children. In the wild, the, the wild whole West. point is destiny is what you make it, and to, oh, if you yeah. focus on that's what he said. Like that's the the lesson yeah. learned. I don't, I don't. Hey, I know. How about a nice department store mannequin? I mean, they're used to being undressed by sexless boys. <laughs> Bud decides to take Kelly's advice, and he dates a mannequin. Oh man, great, great, great fuck moment here. Buck just watching and judging and then running away. There's, there's so some good, good buckness happening. In, some in buckness. <laughs> yeah, he was so he, – he looked at Bud. You know, he, he was willing to sit there while Bud's, you know, getting this thing ready with the hair. But then Bud puts lipstick on it. And he knows he's sinking as low as you possibly can. And he puts his face and neck or whatever – 
up to the mannequin to put kiss marks on him. And then he looks at Buck in absolute shame. And Buck is just looking at him. And he's so dis- – it's it's despicable. So Buck just turns, goes down, and runs upstairs. He doesn't even want to be in the same room as what's going on here. That is probably one of the best Buck moments thus far, barring classic moments like the sneaker in the mouth. The dog who watched Lassie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good evening, fellow shoemen. You all know me. Yeah, I love you too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the unveiling of Bundy, a man and his shoe lights. Kelly, don't step in the coin fountain. It's just a little fire, folks. Don't panic. Shoe lights. Get your shoe lights. Fire sale. If you want to talk about something in this episode that that is not realistic, Kelly, who has a car battery tied to her back, falls into a water fountain and lives. You can die by a toaster. She had a car battery tied to her. Yeah, you could throw a hairdryer in your bathtub and die, right? Yeah. Hold up. I just pulled up Mythbusters. Drop one in the bathtub, and it could electrocute someone taking a soak. The electricity flowing through the cord. This is for a hairdryer, by the way. The electricity flowing through the cord could jump to the tub's metal drain, sending electricity through a person's highly conductive body. For that reason, hairdryers today are also manufactured with ground fault interrupters and immediately shut down the appliance if they end up waterlogged. So therefore, older ones would not. And you would assume that this fountain probably does have metal in it, so I'm pretty sure it would end up uh, killing her. I don't know. It don't matter. Okay. But Kelly, might pr- she should probably be dead. Uh, <laughs> but that's not the first time you're going to see somebody who should be dead and is not on this show. Oh, Monique. That's kind of cute. I know. I think I've seen Monique before. Wow, she's hot. Mm-hmm. You know, I almost bought that same dress. I saw it in a store window. <laughs> anyway, wish Bud would ask me out. Look at Bud the stud. <laughs> hey, girls, come on back. It's safe. It's just a trick I did with my armpit. <laughs> Wow, Bud got a real woman and all we got is dead wood. <laughs> and it this is all due to an armpit noise he made. And he has to reassure the girl he didn't really fart. And and that's just to say that he, they're really, truly not ready. Just because they ask these girls out instead of throwing rocks at them, it doesn't mean that they're really ready to date. We should get into all the characters, too, because... I mean, the act actors, because these two girls, I mean, they're sitting right next to these guys and they say, Bud has, you know, whatever kind of chick and we have dead wood over here, which is obviously a pun on the mannequin being made of wood. Let's talk about the actors in this episode, because a lot of them have pretty good careers. I think they all have careers of of sorts. Mm. 
No, the, the two boys do. The two girls do not. Well, that's not true because Heather Hopper, I already know from Good Morning Miss Bliss. Now, <clears throat> the reason she doesn't have a great career is because she had a sad demise where they decided she's not very charismatic or likable or whatever, and they decided to replace her with the incredible talents of Tiffany Amber Thiessen and Elizabeth Berkeley. Was this like a show before Saved by the Bell or something? Yes. It, Good Morning Miss Bliss was the original show, and the legendary character Zach Morris, played by Mark Paul Gosler, of course, he was on this show, and he was still the main guy, but for some reason, when they started that show, they wanted, they, they, I don't know if they didn't think the kids or somebody would buy the idea that you're supposed to focus on the kids, so they made it about, like, the, the, the central focus was the teacher, so they actually called it Good Morning Miss Bliss, and check this out, not only... Did this girl get axed along with this other guy who sort of seemed like he was replaced by Slater because I believe Screech was on the show at the time, but they got rid of Miss Bliss. <laughs> so they got rid of her and at this point they just called it Saved by the Bell. That's why there's always that weird thing like if you watch this on Netflix or whatever that it's like a weird season one kind of thing and it's the Miss Bliss episodes and then it gets on to the normal stuff you know as Saved by the Bell gotcha I I don't ever see myself going back and watching Saved by the Bell so I had like I think it's an okay show but it's nothing I'd go back and watch well it's it's pretty amazing and all that but I loved it as a kid. Like, at 14, that was the greatest thing on earth. Like, this and Married with Children are, like, were my two big shows. But um, I I noticed that I at my age now, I don't have, like, a burning desire to rewatch them, which is weird. Yeah. For me, Saved by the Bell was that show that you watched early morning when you were getting ready for school because there was nothing else to watch. So you yeah, I hate it. Saved by the bell. The bell man, I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's okay. Really? But wow. it's nothing, but you got to also keep in mind, like by the uh, time, like I, I was watching power Rangers, I was watching turtles. I would like, I didn't care about high school I, I drama shows. There was two shows that were always on around the same time. And they were, they reminded me of each other as Boy Meets World and Saved by the Bell and I just thought Saved by the Bell was like a worse version of Boy Meets World. Oh my god. Well, anyway, this girl was was you know obviously there. So everyone knows her just from that weirdness alone. She was on 90210 and I think like her big stuff is Troop, Beverly Hills, The Shield and Mismatch. The other girl Christy Taylor, I never heard of or saw her. She was in like weird stuff like, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, Waitress. Well, how is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou is not a weird thing. That's like one of the best movies ever made. Really? Like that's a, that's a high quality movie. Have you ever seen that? Compared to the guys, these, these two guys have been in so much stuff and they're still in things today, but these girls they fizzled out they're they're like the they they don't even have as big a career as like the last episode where we had people who have been in you know 500 things even if they all were one shot tv shows 
they these people have they've been in like five things each. It's kind of this girl like was whatever. in twelve things, and oddly enough, she was in Saved by the Bell, the new class. Which if Cher, if Cher, uh, Justin hated Saved by the Bell, wait till you see the new class. <laughs> and oddly enough, we referenced Weird Science, and she was in the Weird Science TV show. This other chick. So, but yeah, her career fizzled out really quick. Well, let's get to the most famous guy last. So Giovanni Ribisi. You know what's funny is Giovanni is probably make, making more money than Steven Dorff in the next five years. Wow. What? What is he, in all the Avatars or something? Yeah, because he's going to be in all the Avatar movies. Right. Okay. So he's about to make bank. Right. Well, uh, the Giovanni guy, he's he's pretty famous for being... Phoebe Cates' brother on Friends. So a lot of people know him from there. But uh, like Jerry said, he's in Avatar. Um, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. The Boiler Room, Saving Private Ryan. So this guy has a real career. And he has 95 credits. So he actually... Some of his best movie, Gangster Squad, he's fantastic in that. He's fantastic in uh, That Thing You Do with Tom Hanks. This is not the first time these two actors act together because they were both in Public Enemies. Yeah, so that's crazy. Like, these guys blew up. So everybody – now, I I don't remember why, but I hate Steven Dorff. I forgot why. <laughs> I, I feel like this was like a beef I had with him from like 10 years ago. I don't even remember, but I feel like it was either somebody who he was dating or some news I heard about him. Something about him made me hate him. I mean, I like the gate. That's the only thing I really know him from. Uh, he was in the new Leatherface. He was in Jackals from last year. Oh yeah, he was in the new Leatherface. Yeah, he was in Immortals. Yeah, he was in Roseanne. He was in the first Blade movie. He was in the movie that uh, I had my first sexual experience in a movie theater. Fear dot com. Okay, that movie sucks. <laughs> yeah, so did his date. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so anyway, Monique. Her head is spinning at this point. Ooh, like, can I just say how great it is that they chose the name Monique? Yeah, Monique Mannequin. Now, Monique, is out, was that the name of the the mannequin in the movie Mannequin? I have no idea. I just thought it was really funny that it was Monique. You, When I hear the name Monique, I don't think high school white girl. Yeah, that's funny, too. It doesn't like it seems like Bud has someone older, exotic. Like it doesn't seem like basic compared to these two chicks, uh, Lisa and Caroline. Right. Yeah. So the movie Mannequin is nineteen eighty seven. So here's my thing though. Um, these girls, to me it seems slightly odd that they that Bud taking a chick upstairs makes them think that Bud knows how to treat a lady like because when you go upstairs, it only means one thing. It, like, it's getting very sexual. And it almost, to me, seems like these girls would think he's too ahead of them. Right. I, I, I That struck me as a little odd that he would be getting dates and phone calls because, I mean, he's ahead of their league. I don't think they're ready for that. They couldn't even handle a, an armpit fart. Right. Okay, so in between the uh, the Bud stuff here... We just get a static shot. Well, I guess it's it might be moving. I didn't look at any cars or anything. We get a static shot of an outside of a hotel, and we just get overdubbed dialogue. I like 
I was like, did you lose your budget in the last two episodes or something? <laughs> Could you not reuse they have those been sets? Going a lot of places. <laughs> they like I was I was a little di- like I don't need to see like I guess they also didn't want to show Kelly walking falling yeah. down in the water or something. They didn't want to like show an audience. But I think they still could have done that pretty cheaply. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I would have been more okay if they would have had at least a stage with Al on it talking and then him describing exactly like he was describing and we didn't get to see Kelly, but we still had him describing it. But we at least would have seen him and his facial reactions. And like flashes in front of him and you see the reflection on him. Yeah, like anything like that. But I, I'm glad I pointed out. I'm glad we gave credit to these guys every time. You know, they did do a set change and stuff like that because it kind of um, it shows how it is when you don't make those efforts. Yeah, uh, this is one of those instances where it's not artistic choice. It's just budget, I believe. Yeah, no, it's definitely budget. But I just. I, I want to know how people feel about that. Are you okay? Like, is the voiceover enough for you? Are you like me where you think they at least should have had, like, his uh, filming Al so we could at least get Al's facial reactions? But, you know, I feel like in a way that's just us talking. I feel like in 1989, people were just sitting there watching TV, heard Al, smirked, you know, laughed, blah, blah, blah. Would they have liked to seen it? Sure. They probably were just thinking, you know, you can't top the imagination. Yeah. Other shows were doing it. It's not like Married with Children was the only one cheaping out. Everyone was doing it. Well, I think we should just be thankful for everything we've already pointed out in season three. They have gone above and beyond and, and put a lot into these episodes set-wise. So, you know, we've pointed it out and we're going to continue to. Like I said, we're heading to the beach pretty soon. So, uh, and, and that is, it's clearly not a real beach. So somebody like ordered a lot of sand, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for no man to take a little break in the jiggly room. I'm the DJ and I'm going to play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Marry with Children. Okay, so now we get to the end. Bud is bailing out on this, so he says, hey, she wants to go upstairs. He knows this. the jig is up. He knows this is not going to last very much longer. Got to get out of here with this. And he says that we're going to go upstairs, and the visual of him trying to get this mannequin upstairs is totally believable, by the way, because I have dealt with a mannequin in recent years, and they're not really easy to manage especially if you- I, w- I was about to make a joke and then i was like oh wait no it's, it's friday the 13th part two 
uh, thing. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, I can't make this joke because he knows I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's it would be very difficult to get this thing up a staircase like that. So uh, did you guys notice what happened when he like flipped the thing up to get it up the stairs? Uh, what do you mean? Like her starting to fall apart, like her arm coming off? No, like he smashed that picture on the wall. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, God. Dude, just rewatch the end of this and look at him trying to get that thing up the stairs. He flips the bot. Like at one point, the, the, the neck, since the head's off, is on the floor and the legs go straight up and they bang against the wall as he's at the, at the landing of the stairs on top and they it smashes a picture into pieces and and it was i'm sure it was a concern on set because you know bud's not a stunt man the glass may have shattered into his face you know at the, uh, landed on his head i don't know but uh it, it was it's something to catch yeah so that's the end of that whole thing uh the shoes lights was a total failure kelly walks into the coin fountain but al has a new idea Super scoopers, and you just walk behind your dog, scoop it up. But what do you do? This is a terrible idea. Yeah, like what do you do after you scoop it? Like then you gotta. Yeah, if you take another step the wrong way, it's falling out. Well, then you gotta lift your leg and bend it to land to to tilt it into a bag you're holding. Or or one foot is the scoop, and the other one's like um a tray or something. So then you can like tap it over in some awkward way to put it in there. See, I'm on Al's level. I'm with him. Yeah. I'm glad you could think that way. (laughs) Yeah, that is just the dumbest thing, and Kelly is not having it. That's just the electrocution talking. She's, I'm sure she'd be down. No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash Married with Children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up Married with Children podcast. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast.com at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode. That was the dateless amigo. Justin, how many cups of warm cocoa out of five are you knocking back for this episode? I actually really like this episode, even though it's a little kind of rusty in my mind because, you know, watching it after you know, night shift and, and I watched it a little earlier than I like to just cause I know I wouldn't have time otherwise this week. Um, typically I try, I know, I don't know about you guys. I think you guys do the same thing, but you try to watch it day of. So it's fresh in your mind. It close. Yeah. Um, but from what I remember, you know, I, I really enjoyed this episode. Like I, I, I kind of like when they bring in like other teenagers or kids, like, I don't know what it is about that. But I always find it more fun when when it's the – I think I find the kid-centric episodes fun to begin with, like whether it's Kelly or Bud. Right. And honestly, Bud does hasn't had like that many you know, episodes surrounding his character alone, you know, like at all really. So I really like that about it too. I, I guess the B plot wasn't really super interesting or funny to me. I guess it's okay. 
Um, but I, I really like the A plot, and uh, I'm coming in at four. What was it? Hot cocos out of out of five. Four. Nice. Yeah, hot cocoa. The the kind that uh... lets you sleep for three days. <laughs> All right, Jerry. How many Steve Steve specific <laughs> hot cocos are you knocking back out of five for this episode? So I think this episode is actually pretty basic. I don't think they do anything crazy. Uh, I do agree that the B plot is a little eh, but the the A plot's very very good. Um, this episode is one of those episodes where it seems like it went by in 15 minutes. Like, it's super fast. It's just joke after joke after joke. Almost every joke is good. It got it, it involved all the characters while still mostly just focusing on Bud. It doesn't have a lot of substance to it, but it's just a fun one. It's an easy rewatch. I can see myself throwing this on as just an easy rewatch when I'm, you know, having dinner one night and I just want to, you know... Top off my day with the funny jokes. So I'm giving this a pretty basic 3 out of 5. Cool. I'm probably landing in the middle of you guys again. 3.5 out of 5 cups of uh, 3-day hot cocoa. Because, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I agree with Justin. I'm usually sort of... Well, actually, believe it or not, at this point, I have not uh, historically been on board when Al goes cuckoo. I don't know why. I, I I definitely know I like when he does it later on, like with the whole, you know, shoe hotline and stuff like that. But right now, like the toilet bowl thing, and then I feel like he had one other kind of weird thing that I, I, I wasn't buying, like earlier on. But uh, like when he goes a little too weird, I, I, I don't seem to be on board with, with what is happening i i think the the light shoes are funny and it's it's stupid and i think honestly the best part about it was peg's reaction to it like realizing this is her life and saying who could have seen this like that kind of stuff makes that work and the kelly and the fountain thing is funny even though it was done in a very cost efficient way everything with bud i i loved it all and much like Jerry, I felt like this episode went by so quick. Like, I'm taking notes, and I have to pause it and do this and that, and all of a sudden, it's over. And I'm like, wow. I'm in the middle of uh, liked it and really liked it, 3.5. So I thought this was a really good one. So yeah, another solid entry, another good Season 3 episode. So guys, tune in next week as we review The Computer Show. Peggy brings the family closer to the poorhouse. When she buys a home computer. And I'm looking forward to this one because I already know that it's great. And it kind of brings the bunnies into like sort of modern times <laughs> in a weird way. Because <laughs> it's it's so not modern when you see like how the printer works and just everything about it. And this, obviously the screen and things like that. But it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. 